Hey, welcome back to Southern Fried Christianity. We're so glad you tuned back in. Mm -hmm. I'm Roger Colby. I'm Richard Kitts. And uh, today we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to kind of finish our conversation we had from last mm -hmm. week because unfortunately I cut Richard off. Forgive me, Richard. That's okay. I got, um, on, a, I got on a tangent. You got a little <laughs> bit, I, I was trying to do well, kind of a lighter <laughs> show and you kind of got a little bit angry about I stuff. I got a little well, I'm pretty passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, so, well, I, I understand that. You know, um, I want to wear my Metallica shirt to suit to church. That's, well, nobody says you <laughs> can't do that. Oh, yes, they well, do. Well, there are people, but nobody's stopping you. They'll give me, they'll give me, give me the eye. Nobody's stopping you. They'll give me the stink eye. Yeah. <laughs> I wear all my, I wear all my comic tees to there, except for my Daredevil shirt, because some yeah. people see that like, ugh, the devil. Like, the that's devil. Not what, that's not what that is. It's the devil. It's not what that is. All right, but today we uh, perused our local Christian Christian book and music store, mm -hmm. uh, Christian paraphernalia store, I guess you could call it. I guess. I don't know. Christian resources. They say, they say office resources. supplies. Office supplies. Maybe they have a lot of office supplies. Mm -hmm. Some of the, um, that's how they draw you in, right? That's how they draw you in. Well, okay. The way they drew me in was they had a thing that said, Teacher Appreciation Week mm, or something. I saw and that. I go in there and I ask what it was. And it's like You get five percent off this week. Woo! Five percent. Yay. Is that really um, what it was? Yeah. It was five percent off. Lame. I was joking. No, it's pretty lame. I didn't know what it was. No. <laughs> no. See, the thing is, I can as a teacher I can go in another place and actually get a better deal mm. than go there. Actually, there's places I can go, certain businesses, I won't name them. But there are certain businesses that I can go in and I can get actually tax-free, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about just like going in there to buy stuff for myself, for my classroom. When I go to buy stuff for my classroom, because you know what? Teachers make hardly any money. And then, I mean, this is kind of a different thing for going yeah. up here. But teachers make, I'll just say this, teachers make very little money. And then whenever we go our classroom we're spending a lot of our salary on stuff for our kids so because they don't Lies. have anything Lies. You know. you're overpaid uh whatever okay so on topic though i want to talk about the store now richard's going to talk about the movies that they have for sale in the store and then and we won't say what the store is okay it's just you just say generic christian store okay because this is usually the way it is in most of these stores mm -hmm. Um, and then the other one is I'm going to talk about some of the books available. Yeah, you're going to you you're going to talk about I'm I'm going to be a little light here, and you could be a little more serious. Just try not to get as angry this how time. How about I do How about I do my first, then you can do yours. Okay, you go ahead. Lighter. All right, there you go. I'll be hilarious. the I'll be the palate cleanser. I'll be there. You go. Okay. My, my one beef that I have with these stores is that they tend to sell books by. Um, uh, so-called theologians that are really way off on their theology as far as the way it lines up with Scripture. Um, just to kind of give you some names, and I'm not afraid to call these people out because honestly, they're heretics and they need to be. They need to be called out. Um, so, uh, one now I would say I'm going to say this about this person because they do do they do some good work in the world. Some of these people do some good work. They really do. Mm -hmm. Like T.D. Jakes, for the first person I'm going to talk about, T.D. Jakes does a lot of stuff with with charity and stuff like that near him and helps like neighborhoods and helps people in Kenya. That's great. <clears throat> but T.D. Jakes also doesn't believe in the Trinity. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so I have a problem with that. Um, the other one, they sell tons of this guy's books, and it's Joel Osteen. And if there's one guy that's a complete and utter heretic, it's him. Mm-hmm. The guy, um, you know, he has a huge, huge mansion, lives off of all his... And, yeah, okay, he's a speaker and stuff. He has money, so uh, I'm not really faulting him for that. But the biggest thing I fault him for is he believes that you can... If if you're wealthy and stuff, then God's on in your favor. And if you're not, then... Yeah, if you've never heard of it... If this you're is, poor, then... If you've never heard of it, this is something called the prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know... If if you're you know if you're not a if you're not li- if you're not living for the Lord then you're going to be poor mm-hmm. and have nothing. Um, the other one is uh, let's see the other one that I saw in there was um, Phil Robertson has a ton of books in there and Phil Robertson dude he's just a guy who was on TV on the Swamp People what is it uh, no it was a, a Duck Duck Dynasty Duck Dynasty okay. And the thing is, he's been recorded several times making really racist kind of comments, and I just doesn't seem very Christian. He seems very hateful and Mm. angry. Um, And people think he's funny and stuff, but really, I don't think he's that funny. We there's actually this thing called Duck Commander, and it's something, and it's like a thing that's like linked to the church and stuff. Yeah, it's like hunting duck hunting but somehow with the gospel it's weird <laughs> it is really strange it's weird the other one is joyce meyer and um joyce meyer is also kind of a heretic well she really is a <laughs> that's, that's, she has some key things that she believes kinda, about jesus that are really off uh one she believes jesus went to hell and like um we know jesus went to hell but she went said jesus went to hell and was tormented there for our sins no he he, he conquered the sins on the cross. Every scripture points to that, that all sin was conquered on the cross. The reason he went to hell was to get to get the keys of death and hell. That he then, he like went down there and owned the place. It wasn't like he went down there and was tortured. I mean, that's, that's just, that's, I mean, that's word for word in the scripture. That's yes. just, there's no going around that. Uh-huh. Um, also that, you know, we're all little gods. And, you know, there's just so many things that she... You know, and if you want to find out about these people, there's a really good website um, to look these people up. It's carm.org, and what they do is they go through and show you scripture by scripture how these people are completely off topic and off, off of, um, you know, off in left field as far as their theology. And you probably shouldn't be reading their books because they're going to lead you astray. Mm-hmm. Um, so. What we try to do here is we try to call these people out and kind of give you kind of information like, all right, well, why? You know, you might like these people, but liking somebody for their message, you need to dig down and really read the scripture and find out whether they're true or not. And this is the thing my dad always told me, Richard, and it was great, great advice. He said, I don't care who the pastor is, that pastor's a human being. And the pastor may or may not be checking his scripture when he's telling you stuff. And it's up to you to double check to make sure they're doing it right. You know? And when they're not, either A, well, he would call them on it. I actually watched my dad get up one time. This is crazy. This is just we're gonna talk about craziness within Baptist churches sometime on one of these shows. But I remember my dad, uh, there was a pastor who was calling people out by name from the pulpit. And there were, like, really a lot of... And it wasn't like he was calling them out by name, like, we're 
you know, this person has gone so far that we're, tra- you know, you, you're doing church discipline, which mm-hmm. is perfectly fine, and that's scriptural, okay? But what this guy was doing is he was misusing the money at the church. His wife was spreading rumors all over the church about people. Um, it was awful. And my dad, I remember my dad was a deacon, and he'd only been a deacon for a little while. And we can go into what deacons are in Baptist churches, but basically they're just leaders within the church. Um, they're supposed to be servants. Right. We, don't, what they're supposed we to be. don't really call them that in our church. Yeah, they're, they're a leadership what they team are. or whatever. Leadership you know. team. But yeah. dad had a leadership role in the church, and he really took it seriously. And um, I remember my dad standing up in the middle of the church, like during the sermon, walking forward down the aisle with his Bible in his hand, going, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I never will forget it. I mean, I don't think anybody else did either. But my dad wasn't afraid to do that kind of thing. And I think it's important nowadays, even more than ever nowadays, that we be those kind of Christians. That we, But we do it in love. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to do it in love. My dad was like, he'd had enough. And it was like, you know, that's just how the Spirit moved him at that moment. And I don't fault him for it at all. But man, check the scripture with these people. Right. The, but the whole argument was like when people are defending like Joel Osteen and some of these other people is like, well, if they're making people happy, if they're making them feel good <laughs> about themselves, it shouldn't yeah. be. Why, why are you tearing them down if they're making people feel good about themselves and feel happy? Stuff's like, well, you, yeah, you, you may feel so happy. <laughs> you may feel happy until you head to the grave. Then you're in trouble. Well, you could argue that for porn. Sure, sure. Or anything else, drugs. Yeah. Makes me feel happy for a while. I'm going to do it. Or when you pay $500 for fireworks in the last eight seconds. (laughs) That really chaps my head. I know. We didn't even do fireworks this year. Like, we're done. No fireworks for us this year. Another thread that I notice in books um, and in some t-shirts and stuff like that in, um, in the stores is this kind of super far right-wing agenda kind of thing. And a couple of books came, just kind of popped into as popped as I was walking through. One is a book by Stephen E. Strang. I guess his name is Strang. Is it Strang? Yeah, Strang. It's not Dr. Strange. Yeah, Dr. Stephen Strang. <laughs> it's not, which would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I would own that. But um, it's a book called God and Donald Trump. And basically in the book, what he does is he tries to say that Donald Trump is, you know, God's man, and we need to look into his life and see how he's surrounding himself with Christians and stuff, and he's just so leading us in down this path or whatever that God has planned. And I, well, I'm sure maybe, you know, yeah. but so well, yeah, he surrounded himself as with much as Christian Nebuchadnezzar, people, but, but you know, he's surrounding him with these Christ, himself with these Christian people to make him look legitimate. Sure, and 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 to give him and to make it look like oh. Yeah. Well, he must be. And yeah. All he needs is he just needs the base. He mm-hmm. needs the he needs the evangelicals to vote for him. That's the only reason he's doing it. As if I surround myself with all those people, everybody will, might forget I said two Corinthians instead of second Corinthians. <laughs> but see, people forget that you know, and, and and he also says in the book that you know um, he's a moral person and you know he's yeah. a family man and all this uh, stuff. Sure. Sure, that's why he goes and has a, an affair with a with a with a, uh, a porn, porn star, star yeah. and then has his lawyer pay him off. Mm. You know, I mean, come on. I, I mean, he was he, he was anybody. he like did a cameo in a, in a Playboy 
uh, uh, porno. Not that I watched it. I'm just saying I know uh, that this is yeah. out there. This Donald Trump there. did. I mean, really, it's a matter of public record. Um, the other one is uh, there's this series of children's books that's marketed to homeschoolers, mm-hmm. and it's called uh, Rush Revere. Um, and basically, it's Rush Limbaugh and his wife writing about history with this strange kind of anti. It's like total capitalist bent kind of thing. It's like the liberals are coming. <laughs> the liberals are coming. Basically, this is skewed view of the uh, of the founding fathers through the eyes of Rush Limbaugh. And man, if you want to give your kid something, that, I mean, if I'm going to teach my kid history, I'm not going to give them some book written by Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. What kind of credentials does that guy have? None. He's a radio right. talk show sure. host. Okay, so here's this is just it's just a just a theory of mine, but I don't <laughs> think Rush Limbaugh actually believes the stuff that he says. I think it's all like I just think a game. It's just a game for him. It's almost <laughs> like it's almost like what Stephen Colbert used to do, except in a less funny manner. Yeah. When he did like the the the, the Colbert Report, mm-hmm. where he played a conservative, I don't think. I, I don't think Rush Limbaugh really. I don't this know, stuff. man. Rush Limbaugh's been doing that a long time. I know, but it Ever pays since the, the 80s. bills. It, but it makes him. But he's been popular. Yeah. It makes him. I mean, people listen to him, and that's the whole deal. I don't know if he actually believes it though. It's kind of like with Donald Trump. It's like he says all this Christians about how he's a Christian and all this stuff, and he said my favorite book is the Bible and uh, stuff like that during the campaign. It's like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't actually believe that stuff. He's just playing to what people want to hear. That that's just my what I think, honestly. I mean, if he really believed that stuff, why would he go on Family Guy? <laughs> it's like All I right. think he's just playing a part. Okay, so Richard, you looked at movies. Yeah. Okay. On a, on a lighter subject, I'm gonna have some fun now. Um, <laughs> this is so funny. Uh, I went through some movies and stuff. It's, and, wait, it's funny in kind of a sad way. Yeah, it, it's kind of it's pretty sad. Um, <laughs> I went through the Christian movies section at one of our local Christian stores, and there was a lot of movies, but here's I, I picked out a few of my choice cuts here. All right, here we go. First one. This is crinkled paper. Yeah, waiting. sorry, sorry. <laughs> Taken by Grace. Taken by Grace, starring uh-huh. Liam Neeson. No. Um, no. On the night that he is released from prison, Lucas Blackstone, played by Angus McFadden from Braveheart, Sets out for the town of Trinity, ooh, the town of Trinity, uh, to find the man who <laughs> murdered his son, armed with a pistol and a past full of mistakes. <laughs> Lucas, Lucas kidnaps Sean Everett, played by Bradley Dorsey, I don't know who that is, and his wife Carrie, played by Haley Duff, the less popular Duff, and, uh, and holds them hostage as the trio travels to Trinity. Lucas learns of Sean and Carrie's <laughs> troubled marriage. And questions their ability to reconcile their love through their faith in God. But Lucas has no interest in their faith. That is until he discovers the horrible truth about his son's killer. I don't know it. Which I don't know well, what hey, that horrible secret I, is. I'm just really glad Haley Duff's still getting work. Yeah, Haley Duff's getting work. I think she's been doing Law and Order or something. I don't know. Um, okay, next one. God's Country. Megan Doherty is a young, talented executive who neglects her mother and close friends to focus on one goal, making money. Oh, that's the most important thing. I know, I know. After closing a multi-million dollar deal, Megan is asked by Mr. Randolph Whitaker, her boss slash CEO, to close a deal of a lifetime. She's taken her talent to the Mojave Desert in the <laughs> hopes of getting a Christian landowner to turn over his land before auction. 
Oh, no. With a $100 million potential deal looming, there's nothing that will stand her way in the way of her getting what she needs to further her career. Not even God, question mark. Over, that's <laughs> what, what it is, a question mark. Over a period of six days, Megan goes through spiritual transformation. Uh, parenthesis, fish out of water. Calling, calling on her favorite investor to help save the land. Yeah, because those those greedy people. Ooh. Okay, next one is good. Well, Christian Mingle the movie. <laughs> really? Yes. No. Christian Mingle the movie. Christian Mingle. Yes. <laughs> Quint, Gwyneth. I oh, mean, just a side is... note. Okay, I know somebody who found found somebody on Christian Mingle. I know we're not. Now, hang on. Okay. And they got married. And the dude was a total abuser. Oh. And like five yeah. minutes after they were married, he's beating her. Oh, that's, that's messed up. Yeah. Anyways, so, be okay, careful. getting back to this. This is kind of, <laughs> you, you're going off into dark territory again. Sorry, uh, man. <laughs> you got to let me lighten things up a little bit here. You're bumming me out a little bit. Um, when is, okay, so this is basically a promotion for, for Christian Mingle, really. Gwyneth Hayden seems to have it all. She thinks the only thing missing is a man. In a moment of inspired desperation, she fills out a profile on the dating website ChristianMingle.com, hoping to find Mr. Wright. Gwyneth <laughs> attempts at impressing her dream guy into disaster when he calls her out on her faux faith. <laughs> In an honest realization, she sees her superficial life for what it really is, and she is driven to create a personal relationship with God. So, okay, so what do we say about this? I mean, the three we've read so far, they sound like real winners. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Four to go. Maybe. Four to go. Okay, There's four to so go. many more, but <laughs> this is what well, I narrowed it out, down. pick out like a couple of them. Yeah, no, no, I've just narrowed it down. Okay, narrowed, yeah, don't read the whole thing. Just okay. kind of give us a synopsis. Uh, pitching love and catching faith. You Sweet. know what? Okay, hang on. Whenever you, <laughs> you first read that title, I thought something else. Yeah, you thought something else. We won't say what it is. It was not, not good. It wasn't good. Okay, pitching okay, love and catching Okay, so sweet, face. sassy softball player Heather Thomas is accustomed <laughs> to winning softball, but often strikes out with the guys. Charming baseball player Tyler has never kissed a girl. So what happens when Heather tries to get her, his first kiss and he tries to win her heart? Sparks fly. Oh. But will their differing, differing religious beliefs keep them apart? Because that sounds completely realistic. Mm -hmm. Like that happens all the time. Mm. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so okay, the next one, the grace card. Remember, don't you just hate when politicians use the race card? <laughs> but I love the... it when the I love it when they use the grace card though. <laughs> That's a thing. They're using it a lot lately. The yeah, grace card. The grace card. Especially Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> After the devastating loss of his son, police officer Mac McDonald. Okay, so here's the deal with a lot of these Christian movies. Somebody always dies. The fiance, the wife, yes, the kid. Yes, that's a recurring theme. Yeah, it's a recurring theme, and everybody becomes an atheist or whatever just because yeah. somebody died. Um, and atheists are like the most evil people on the planet. <laughs> yeah. They're they, just they so are. loathsome and that's, horrible. That's what they are. The atheists are always the villain, almost <laughs> always. And listen, um, I have friends that are atheists, mm -hmm. and they're not—they're not, not bad people. They're—they're mm -hmm. they're wonderful people. Shh, you're ruining the movie. You're <laughs> Sorry. Ruining the, you're ruining the structure of the Christian film, the Christian <laughs> cinema. Stop deconstructing it. Sorry, man. We're trying to make Christians feel good about themselves. <laughs> After, okay, so. Again, after the devastating loss of his son, police officer Mac McDonald, Mac McDonald, come on, um, uh, ba 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 ba, Mac McDonald, 
allows pain and bitterness to control his life. Unfortunately, he's not the only one who suffers. His family is falling apart, and his relationship with God is virtually non-existent. When Sam Wright, a part-time pastor and devoted family man, joins the police force as Maxie Park... What? Okay. Uh, the pastor joins the police force. Okay. And Max's new partner, the dynamics between the two <laughs> progress from uncomfortable to explosive. Uh-oh. Neither can imagine that God has brought them together for a specific purpose. This is sounding a little bit like like Christian lethal weapon. It is. Uh, it is Christian lethal weapon. <laughs> Neither can imagine. I'm too what, over this stuff. Yes, but unless they can learn to work together and discover what that purpose is, their careers and their lives will both remain in jeopardy. <laughs> That's lethal weapon. That is lethal weapon. But, totally but they're Christian weapon. now. But it's, but they're Christian now. One's like a one's a pastor. And okay, that's weird. Okay, next one. Does he know oh, special forces the techniques? Next one. Does he next fight one. Gary Busey in his front yard? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm Gary Busey. I'm dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Escape. Okay, next one. Escape from hell. Oh no. Escape from hell. Is this real hell? Uh, I think so. Okay. Doctor Eric Eric Robertson wants to Robinson. It doesn't matter. Wants to believe and experience the infinitive love and warmth that near death. Infinite, te- infinite. Yeah, oh, is yeah. yeah. That's why I, I thought I said that. Yeah. Infinite yeah. love and warmth that near death <laughs> testimonies claim is on the other side of life. His uh-huh. colleague, Doctor Marissa Holloway, mm-hmm. is on a crusade to alleviate the fear of death and suffering by proving to the world that heaven awaits everyone. Okay. In a moment of desperation, Doctor Robinson faces death and discovers the reality of hell, a place the Bible vividly portrays—a hell from which we must all escape. Escape from Hell is an evangelistic movie, of course it is, that challenges viewers to confront their inevitable death and judgment. This action-packed drama with spectacular special effects, I doubt it, gives us glimpses of what (laughs) hell and heaven heaven might be like in the hereafter. It is a wonderful discussion started to share with Christ with unsaved family and friends. You know what? You'll have a better time if you just go to like your church's hell house or whatever on Halloween. Yeah. That's basically what this is. And you have to But it, but here's the thing. Okay, I have a real problem with people using hell to scare people into heaven. Yeah, I I do You know too, what? But... You know what? Hell hell's real. I totally believe hell's real. Okay? Um and and I have reasons for why I believe that, namely scripture. Um but the thing is um I think that just knowing that Jesus has completely absolved you of all sin, mm-hmm. if you'll just believe in him mm-hmm. and just believe in his sacrifice, that's enough. You don't need to say, hey, if you don't, because it's not going to be real. Yeah, right. It's going to be, you're going to, okay. it's a motivation is fear. Side, side story there, personal story. Yeah. I got saved when I was about six. Uh-huh. And it was basically, I was in my Sunday school class and they're basically uh-huh. like, well, if you if you're not saved, you're gonna go to hell. It's like, oh, I don't want to go to hell and get burned by fire. I'm gonna get Jesus. So and, I'm, and about that, and then around the time I was about 15 or whatever, and I was going to youth camp, and <laughs> I kind of like started kind of questioning, yeah. am I really saved? And, you know, it, it was around that time I was really kind of, I wasn't really treating people the way I should right. at school and things uh-huh. like that. Not acting very Christian. I acted plenty Christian like at church, but in that camp, but. I started kind of questioning that, so uh-huh. Uh-huh. and so I kind of had a bit of a crisis of faith there because of that um, later in life, just because I became saved out of a scare tactic. And I don't think it was their intention to scare six-year-old me in Sunday school, but 
That uh, that's a tactic that's used. Yeah, though. it is. Used. And I think you know, uh, God is not a spirit of fear. Yeah. He is a spirit of hope mm-hmm. and love. Right. And so, I think that if you draw people with love, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna get a more lasting connection to God through love than fear. All right, we're getting too deep. I'm yeah, we are. We're sorry. getting too deep. I'm, we're doing stupid stuff now. We're so <laughs> come on. Okay, we're, we're trying. Being deep I'm trying so time. hard, Richard. It's okay. okay. It's okay. All right, last I one. My I saved the last one. The best one for last. This is my favorite one that I saw. It's called Forgiven. Hey, remember that awesome Clint Eastwood movie called Unforgiven? Well, Man, forget that. That's a great movie. Yeah, though. well, forget that movie. Now we've got the Western Forgiven. <laughs> the Christian Western Forgiven in 1878. And Jake Kincaid, Jake Kincaid, <laughs> Jake Kincaid, has just been released from prison for a crime he didn't commit. His heart is seeking vengeance on those responsible for landing him in jail, but he's also very interested in finding the gold he was accused of stealing. In his quest, Kincaid finds himself in the small lumber town of Fair Play, <laughs> California. Here he meets an independent woman trying to do it all on her own and a mischievous little girl with a quest of her own finding something to fill her lonely heart. Fair Play is where Kincaid learns that love is far more powerful than hate and the redemption is more precious than gold. That that you know that's a nice little tagline there at the mm, end. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to leave us with a couple of actual quotes from uh, Rush Limbaugh's Rush Review. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now, if you don't, if you're not familiar with it, okay, it is a children's book, and basically, Rush Revere has this magical horse that takes him through time, and he can travel through time on this horse's back, and the horse talks and stuff. Um, so here's a quote from, literally from Rush Revere. Okay. Now then, where was I? Oh, yes, when Liberty arrived in our time, Liberty is the name of the horse. <laughs> of course. He appeared at the intersection of Washington Boulevard and Lincoln Avenue in front of that iced tea factory. It was late at night, and I was leaving the factory dressed as Paul Revere. Rush, quote, and this is in parenthesis, Rush Revere explaining how he met Liberty, the talking time-traveling horse. <laughs> There's more context for this, but not much more. <laughs> the other one is, the best one, though, is this one. Quote, yeah, well, I really wouldn't fit in with the other guys on the team if I admitted that I'm a science geek, Tommy replied. I patted Tommy on the shoulder and said, exceptional thinking, Tommy. Actually, I take it back. Okay, this is number one. It's a letter from. Uh, this, I, I'm gonna say Wait, this. Is this Rush is Limbaugh about shaming the geek. He is. Oh he is gosh. geek shaming. Okay, and then wow. this this one. Okay, okay. Here's a letter from William Bradford inviting Rush Revere to the first Thanksgiving. <laughs> Dear Rush Revere, the experience over the past several months is not something I want to repeat. I cringe at the thought of the many hardships I've endured: escaping from England, leaving my son in Holland losing the Speedwell, sailing on the Mayflower, enduring miserable conditions overseas, feeling persecuted by a sailor and stranger, suffering bitter cold and wretched hunger, and especially losing my wife Dorothy. The latter is something that nearly crushed me. However, I survived thanks to the friendship and the support of my friends in the New World. I consider you one of them. You always seem to show up at just the right time and at just the right place. I've struggled to know how to best repay you for your kindnesses. (laughs) although I know you expect nothing in return. I've decided to have a celebration of sorts. I feel the winds of change and good fortune are upon us. There is much to look forward to. Please accept this letter of invitation. The details are below. 
I hope to see you there. Your true friend, William Bradford. Who? Rush Revere, Tommy, and Freedom. What? A celebration with games and lots of food. Come hungry, come hungry. This book is amazing. <laughs> it's just terrible. It's so bad. He's you know, like, he's just like worshiping himself. He is. It's total. It is total, absolute um, narcissism. narcissism. The books are complete and utter narcissism, marketed to children. Wow. So with that, we're just going to leave that because it's. Uh, I thought I would throw him on a little funny bit. Okay, uh, go ahead. That's the funny bit right there. I just did the the Rush Limbaugh. All right. So, um, until next time, uh, next time I think we're going to, I don't know what we're going to do next time, but it's going to be a good show. You'll find something to be angry about, Roger. Yeah, probably, but we'll try to keep it live, Ah. too. All right. So, until next time, pray for your brothers and sisters. 